We've talked about it before on MomCast, but it seems to become more and more apparent to me we have to continue the conversation. We're talking about kids and sports. The big problem? Mom and Dad. Mommy! It's the MomCast. Really, Mom? Mommy! Mom! You are listening. MomCast! The MomCast. Welcome to another MomCast. And, um, yeah, this week I saw... A letter went out in our state, where, of course, MomCast originates in Ohio. So uh, the Ohio Athletic Association uh, put out this letter to parents and basically said, moms and dads, you're doing a, you know, one of those. You're doing a good job, but you need to cool it because your temper and the outbursts and all of those things are causing a couple problems. One, they're probably causing issues for your kid, but they're also causing an issue with having a shortage of officials that can go to these games and referee and make the calls. They don't want to do it because they have to deal with all the angry parents out there. So I can see that. So I thought this would be a good time to talk about it again here on MomCast. And I've got some help. Uh, This week, um, we have Clark Donnelly. I work at Sunday 95 in the morning show. Clark Donnelly is our news director, also long history of... Uh, being a sports director as well, um, you're a parent. Um, you... I've been a coach of, of youth teams, and I've been an umpire of uh, rec league softball. Oh, my goodness. So I've kind of yeah. seen this from multiple Every angles. Every single side of it. So. Every possible Good. side. Of it. And Perfect. I've been a kid. And he's going to tell us a little bit about this letter. And so we're glad Clark's here. And then one of our mom squad moms, the no bull mom, and I can't think of anyone better to talk to on this topic, <laughs> Elaine, um, you are in the thick of it. Your uh, kids are in sports. Yes. And um, so, you know, this whole idea of it's all great. It's all wonderful. Our kids are learning how to be on a team. Um, some excel, some don't. My daughter is on the basketball team at her school, and um, she spends a lot of time cheering on the team uh more on the bench than she does on the court and that's okay this Mm -hmm. is her first year and she's she's doing okay with that um greg our producer has little ones that are just getting started yeah so i'm just entering this madness and (laughs) and even little ones you're already dealing with some angst absolutely yeah so uh, the big problem and i know i've seen it in our family um sometimes parents in our zeal uh, for our kids and the performance and all of that. Um, we get a little obnoxious. Um, we lose our temper, sometimes to the point of absolute distraction. And and I think we've all witnessed something like that. So we're going to address that today. And, and if you are dealing with that at your house or maybe you go to games and there are other parents you see, uh, maybe we can wade through this and get some information that's going to help you. We're also going to talk Um, with a psychologist that's going to help us out, too, uh, at the end of all this to see what effect this is having on our kids because that's kind of the bottom line. I mean, we're putting them in a sport to hopefully learn teamwork and all of those things. So let's start, Clark, with the letter. Um, I don't recall this happening, that we see a letter coming um, to parents. I don't remember it coming out in uh, so visibly. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so in that sense, it may be a little unusual. I'd be really surprised <laughs> if the Ohio State Athletic Association had never in its history right, sent right. out a little missive to coaches <laughs> or athletic directors or PTOs or whatever saying, do you mind? Right. Let's keep it civilized. But this one is actually co-written by uh, the executive director of the Ohio High School Athletic Association, Jerry Snodgrass, and Carissa Niehoff. She's the executive director of the National Federation of State High School Associations. Oh, wow. That <laughs> indicates to me so this not is just not here. just an Ohio problem, yeah. uh, that this is something that's going on nationwide. And I think he summed it up well, Stacy. The, the second paragraph of the letter says simply, when you attend an athletic event that involves your son or daughter, cheer to your heart's content. But when it comes to verbally criticizing game officials or coaches, cool it. Um, they point out in this letter that uh, high school sports officials say 75% of them say that adult behavior is the primary reason they quit. Wow. 80% of all young officials hang up their stripes after only two years on the job. It takes which the fun gets, out of it, yeah. It Well, it becomes as, you know, you may hear in the news every now and then, and again, those are extreme and unusual circumstances, it can become unsafe oh because a parent can become so incensed they might attack physically an official, whether it's at a Little League game, a Pop Warner game, or at the junior high or high school level, um, anybody who's wearing those stripes or that whistle can become a target. Um, there are more officials under under over 60 than under 30 right now. And this was why they wrote the letter. They're running they, out of officials. And they say that in some areas, events are being postponed or canceled because they can't find anybody to officiate. That particularly happens at the freshman and JV levels in high school. Mm-hmm. I would imagine if it's happening there, it's happening at the junior high, middle school, and younger levels as well, which is where you're going to get your future high school athletes. Jim Harbaugh at Michigan just offered a scholarship to a 13-year-old. Whoa. Oh, wow. I think that that is a really good point because it starts younger. I mean, my frustration, I miss competitive as it gets and when i was at greg's point you know watching five and six-year-olds play i wanted to run my head into the ground because i'm like oh my gosh there's a game going on don't catch butterflies don't pull the grass i mean you know nothing is happening and so <laughs> being I, kids yeah, yeah and my husband was like you know you're that mom you really maybe shouldn't come to this game and i'm like oh you know it was painful so we're now at fifth and eighth grade and we're, we're rolling. You know, we're in the thick of it. And eighth grade, my goodness, you'd think that my kid was trying out for the NBA. He has practice every single day. I mean, it, it is it is very serious. And I think a lot of it has to do with um, the rise of club sports. Kids are going in at a much earlier age. Uh, when I moved here a couple of years ago from Missouri, I was so surprised that you know, we didn't have enough for a soccer team at sixth grade. And I thought, really? Nobody plays soccer over here? Well, no, nobody plays soccer at school because everybody is at a club. And that starts, I, I'm just, I don't know how people afford it. It is expensive and it starts there because when p- parents pay that much money, I think they expect a different level of coaching and therefore it's okay to be more competitive and you know, and I think I've been at a club soccer game. I've seen parents, and for us, you know, we've been lucky to be around parents that pretty much stay in control for the most part, mm-hmm. yelling at coaches. And this particular incident, I talked to the dad yesterday. I said, I'm going to tell your story. He's like, no, you're not. I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> and, and, and he almost got thrown out of the game 
because he was retaliating because the coach from the opposing team, and this was soccer, the coach from the opposing team was screaming at these girls, his team, who, let's, they were nine, about oh. trying to get another team player, his daughter, off the field because she was injured or something and she was taking too much time. It was a ridiculous thing. It had been going on all day. And so he yelled at the coach and he got, you know, mm. I mean, he got ejected. They're nine year old girls. They're going, um, what's going on? And there's, the kids are clueless for the most part to that point. Yeah, they just want to play. Right. Want to play. And there's a couple of things happening, I think, at the juxtaposition where you are with an eighth grader. You have, first of all, they are trying out for the NBA or the World <laughs> Cup or the MLS or the NFL or Major League Baseball in the eyes of their parents and sometimes in their own because that is where these leagues are looking for talent. Mm-hmm. LeBron James was spotted in junior high. So those parents are looking at this as a pipeline to yeah. a college scholarship, to fame, fortune in some cases. Then you have these parents who, as you say, are paying to get their kids into these clubs or they're paying more to get extra coaching, to play in the best competitions, to be at the most visible level. And you put all that in with a sousson of the just irrationality that we have whenever our children are involved in anything, and you have a very volatile mix. We are not calm and we are not logical. When our, we are involved, when our children when are, our involved are involved and, and being wronged in our eyes. Okay, mm-hmm. now see, I am totally out of that because my daughter has no aspirations in that point. I mean, I told you she's, I mean, she wouldn't mind me saying she uses that. She's riding the bench quite yeah. often. She enjoys going in. It's not that. And she's saying, Mom, I'm getting better. But we're looking at that. I mean, we're clearly involved in sports from the 1950s. Because well, yeah. none of that is going through our mind. Now, my niece already went through the club softball. She got a full scholarship mm-hmm. to college. I watched all of that happen. Um, I watched how you have to kind of fight and claw for all of that. I think you're on to something with the money. With the money and, and Clark, as you said, going, you know, getting a, a scholarship. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. I know that was my sister's thinking, and it worked out really well. If you know, I'm not going to lie; that's where I'm headed. Why with, do we want to pay college yeah. is so expensive? If yeah. you can get a scholarship for you your kid, help. maybe not. They're they're not going to the pros, but yeah. my goodness, full ride, you're in good shape. So I I think that certainly has a huge play in what's going on. And I bet parents are just as uh, intense about like uh, school academic scholarships. We just don't see it <laughs> in public. Probably not. They berate the officials with a much better vocabulary. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, I wanted to read something um, because I posted the article on our MomCast Facebook page. Um, Andy wrote this for everybody to see. So, I mean, it's okay to share this. Sad to say, this is not anything new. At my son's game in 1993, the parents got so out of control, they stopped the game and had police take the parents out of the stands. They removed 14 people. There were death threats to the kids, refs, and coaches. I know one man who is banned from six area schools because of his mouth, and he's proud of it. That's insane. What? And And that was years ago. And we've heard cities who ban parents from rec league games, school districts who ban adults from attending just for that kind of reason. And here's something that they didn't deal with in 1993 that Jerry Snodgrass of the OHSAA brought up in his interview with Dom Tiberi back on Monday on 10TV. Everybody has a cell phone video camera. Mm -hmm. 
Every parent is his or her own replay booth. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things Jerry mentioned was, you know, now they're playing back a play and they're seeing their child was safe or out of, uh. not out of bounds or the ball was fair. or And so then they have a reason to run down there or wait till the end of the game and take this official on with what they think is video proof. And so it just adds another element oh that gosh. wasn't there in 1993. Yeah, I, I will say this. At Liv's school, she goes to a small private school. I mean, you know, it's one of those where you make the team. So I'm not in the same league as, as what we're talking about here. But um, the school in basketball with the, with the boys has gone to state several times. Um, so there's some competition there as they get older. And here's the thing. They have um, at Live School, there's a female athletic director. I kind of, not that it matters, but it kind of does because she enacted a policy where it's when your child signs up for sports, you have to come to this evening and go over all the rules and get information. You have to sign your name, let them know you were there. Um, and then you sign a contract. That basically says this, not basically, it says this, you will wait 24 hours before you contact a coach or me or anyone about something controversial or a, or any kind of a problem you might have had with a game, a call, who got to play, who didn't, anything like that. You will wait 24 hours. And by the way, if idea. you don't wait 24 hours, the coaches are not allowed by policy, to contact you for 24 hours. So we're all going to have a cooling off period. It's not that we're not going to address it. We will, but we want everybody on both sides to cool off. And I think that's great. You saw a few people cringing, but I was like, I think this is great. But again, you know, I don't have a kid who's going for a scholarship or, you know, who's going to be a professional ball player. I had a daughter who played uh, sports all through school. Um starting in the junior high level with volleyball and she didn't she didn't think she was getting enough playing time so she said something to me and I waited 24 hours and went in and sat in the coach's office and we had a nice productive constructive chat and walked away and everybody was fine I think that wait cooling off period is a great idea just for that reason because again you are not rational when your children are being wronged and if your daughter comes up to you and she's in tears and because she, she's not playing your first reaction is to maybe dial it up to 11 and storm over to that coach and solve that problem mm-hmm. right then and there. Right by God, there. we're going to have it out. So cooling off period is a great, great idea because it, uh, it allows you to get things back right. in perspective. Right, and I love it. Now, Elaine, uh, with your son in school, talk a little bit about how all this is being dealt with. Well, I, for starters, I'm going to actually bring this 24-hour cooling off period thing and suggest it because I think that's amazing. And it, it, I, I, we had an instance not too long ago where, um, the parent probably should have taken 24 hours to cool off, but didn't. And it really made everybody super uncomfortable. Um, it, you know, it trickles down. The kids see it. They're little young men and they see it. And when you do it, and you do, you know, we, we're guilty of like saying, oh, you know, they should have done this during the game. And you're just, when, after the game, you're just talking about it. You're undermining that coach or you're undermining that ref. And you really, you know, are teaching your kid something completely different. And, and then your kid turns around, walks onto the court and says, well, psh, my parent thinks that this is 
you know, you're wrong and you should have done this, this and this. And that kid has license then to undermine the coach. And, you know, they're very, very impressionable at that age. You know, and so I'm sitting there telling my son, you listen to me. This is your eighth grade year. And if you've got something going on and coach isn't addressing it because he doesn't hear it or see it, you know, you're within your right. Pull your buddy aside and go, hey, I want to win. Are you in or are you out? Leave this drama out and let's go. You know, and it's just, I think that your parenting doesn't stop because you can't control what happens in other households. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And at the end of the day, you still want them. I mean, I, I tell them all the time, the best athletes are the ones that come back from losing. It's how if you're going to lose, go out fighting, you know, go out with right. grace. And no one's going to sit there and go, oh, you, you're, you're terrible. Your team sucks. You know, what, what, and, and when I see that with my son, I tell him, I'm like, you know, you gave up. Your body language gave up. So your team's given up. Watch people look at that, you know. And I wish parents would think about that. And, and again, you know, I'll say this. I am the loudest person, but I'm screaming at my kid. I'm screaming for my kid. I'm screaming for my kid's teammates. And, you know, I was just at a a game recently, and a parent said something about my kid. This was last year. A parent, a dad from the other school said something, and he said, hey, throw it to number, I can't remember what number it was, throw it to number 23. He can't foul him. Oh, wow. Uh And I thought, here we go. What I'm going to get thrown out. Because <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? Which person actually just yelled? And you know what? Till today, it's a year later, and my kid's way better at free throws. I used it to help him because I said, we're going to go throw 20. <laughs> Motivation. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and you know what? And we're going to use this to help you. But I'm like, oh, are you serious? And every time we play that school, I'm, I've narrowed it down, by the way, to two dads. I know which one it is. I'm going to figure <laughs> it out. Well, let me ask you both something and, and Greg, too, because Greg's got little ones that are starting. And, you know, I'm standing back from this and thinking, all right, are we have we have we ruined Sports. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. if we ruined even yes. the idea of it, and, and, we ruined adults ruined sports about seventy years ago. Yeah, I hate to say it. As a child playing little league ball in the nineteen sixties, I can tell you there were obnoxious parents then too, mm. and you could see parents just take the steam and the the air right out of their kids' bubble. Oh, and see? it was tough to yeah. see then. It was tough to see thirty years later when I was a coach. And I would watch a parent do that to one of their kids. So, yeah, we have ruined it, but we didn't do it this year or last year. We've done it every ever since we got involved. Yeah. Well, and so Davis well, is in, sad, in kindergarten. It, it is, mm-hmm. and right now it's fun. You know, all the parents love watching the kids. It's cute. They're it's cute. fun. Yeah. But also at kindergarten, Davis is excited and he's into basketball right now. What we're doing, and that's cool. So I want to. Um, you know, promote that, but at the same time, yeah, you're right. If as soon as I start hounding him or um, uh, saying you did this wrong or this is how you know, like you, there's that fine line of instructing them on how to get better and how to be, especially if it's something he wants to do for you know mm-hmm. the next ten years of his life. But but also making sure that he knows that this is supposed to be fun, and I I am not looking forward to that moment. There's going to be a switch that said flipped in seventh grade 
where it goes Not from cute to <laughs> well, oh man, where did grade. that innocence go? It's yeah, grade. And I don't when you to that. when you uh, have to try out and when the team cuts start to happen yeah, mm-hmm. because then they separate it to competitive and rec, right? And that's when and they all know the difference and sure. they know the yeah. difference and they're getting ready and they and they know and yep. you know it's sad but yeah. that's life and you've got to you know get your kids there and say do your best you know and that's why i think we uh, where it starts now for me at this young age it's like this is supposed to be fun i mean my family has not been blessed with the athletic gene so i know damn well <laughs> right, yeah. that it's no matter how excited right. he is right now he is never ever ever going to be a professional athlete but, it, it, but isn't it about the teamwork <laughs> exactly, and learning that, those exactly. lessons exactly and that's, that's what I, that's what i'm more excited about now is is being a part of the but team but it's so much more yeah. fun when they win. Well, <laughs> sure. right. Yes. I, I tell my son all the time, I didn't come to watch a tie. I came to, you, you don't want me to go, today I'm going to tie. I'm like, play to win. And that's when it's fun. No, True. I and I get it. I mean, and yeah. those are life lessons too, because, you know, I actually was good at a sport in high school. I was, a tr- I was in track and I was pretty good at it. And my dad would come and he would yell, I would win a race mm-hmm. and he'd go, I'd say, did you see? And I could hear him screaming mm-hmm. and cheering and being so excited. But when I would walk over, he'd go, well, I noticed you didn't fall over the finish line, which would indicate you probably had a little <laughs> yeah, more to give. I mean, it was always, <laughs> but, it, but I had heard him saying, that's my girl. And I heard that. And so I got both lessons. I, all I'm saying is I think there has to be some kind of a balance here because if not if it's all competitive and we've got to get that you know money for college or we've got to go pro you're adding so much more stress to a young life than a lot of us had i think a couple of takeaways from from this that i've got one the 24-hour cooling off period i agree with you elaine it's genius i love it it's so simple and it's genius Mm -hmm. and you can control it from the school level by enforcing it on the coaches right it's like fine somebody gives you a voicemail wait 24 hours and call them back Mm -hmm. and to from what i've seen from the various angles where i've watched you parents can enforce a culture on each other Mm -hmm. where when we go to the games this is what we do and we don't and Mm -hmm. if you do that starting greg in Kindergarten, kindergarten yeah and Set that example of positive cheering Mm -hmm. and just not berating another team's players or the official or singling out a player like they did with your son. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to help because, you know, nobody wants to yell and then have everybody look at them like they're, you know, Mm -hmm. you know the word I'm thinking of. Yeah, but the people who are yelling don't care. Well, I think... I think that they can be taught to care. And maybe that's just me being really optimistic. Is Possibly. Yeah, it, may, it might be. No, I, I see what you're saying. I, I think at least at the very least, they need to know what effect. I mean, they need to they really need a clear understanding yeah. of what effect that's having on their kids, not necessarily even other kids. It does. But it has an effect on your own own kids your and kids get embarrassed yeah no and they hear you they're voice. learning the lesson from yeah. you and sometimes in those instances you know i always think that you want your kids to learn the best 
traits from you. What do they end up learning? They learn the worst traits from you. (laughs) You know, they just do. And, you know, you're always pointing the finger at your spouse. Well, they're just like you. No, kids just just tend to do that. And, And so, yeah, I think you're right. We kind of do need to set that culture we need to be the examples. And yeah. in that letter, I noted that near the end, it was it, to the something to the effect. I'm not saying the words properly, but it was um, if you are because they're looking for officials. Obviously, there is a, a search, at least in the state of Ohio and probably in other states. It's, it looks like a national yeah, search for mm-hmm. officials that are willing to be strong and, you know, learn the trade and try to wade through these, you know, controversial waters. But it said <laughs> and if you can't do that then we welcome lots of good role models. So in yes. other words, yes. come on, parents, let's let's step up. And, and I want to now bring in Luann Lowenstein. She's helped us on a number of topics. She's going to actually address this. Let's, let's take a look at the effect face-to-face and what this is having on our kids when they see us throwing a temper tantrum or, you know, picking on somebody else or getting into a fight an actual fight with another parent, maybe coming to fisticuffs. What is all this doing to our kids? As parents, just standing there sometimes can be embarrassing to our children, depending upon what age they are. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Right? So what do you think the reaction is when you see your parent getting possibly thrown out of the game or acting crazy? It's humiliating. At best, it's humiliating. At worst, it becomes... Maybe I should have, you know, made that hit or blah, blah, blah. And then, it, you know, then it begins to affect kids ter- in terms of how they think about their own um, mistakes on the court or in the gymnasium somehow. So it, it begins to, when I was thinking about the question, the thing that I wanted everybody to consider is what do we want our kids to learn from athletics? And having had an athletic daughter and me never really playing sports at all, it was really important. I I was surprised by how much she could learn about life in general, being an athlete. And I think that's the question. What are we trying to teach them? The effect on the kid is if your parent act like a moron, it's embarrassing. You begin to, depending upon how old they are, perhaps shape your behavior in response to that, whether it's to try harder against all odds, to replicate that by bullying or fighting with other people to quit the team. I've seen kids quit because they just can't take the pressure. So there's a lot, there's nothing good that comes from that. Nothing. Well, and and it would be like, I feel like an an example that you set anywhere, but what um, a couple of our parents mentioned is what happens sometimes is then you see the son or daughter acting mm-hmm. in the exact same manner to the coach or to the referee. Right. It's Sometimes okay then. Well, you're certainly teaching disrespect at that point to any kind of an authority figure. If you're pulled over by a police officer and you start screaming and yelling at the police officer, what are your kids learning from that? It's kind of the same thing. We probably wouldn't do that, but we're caught up in the excitement of the game, and then suddenly it's, you know, every man for himself, and it's ridiculous. Very... I don't just see I, it, an obvious one is when kids start acting like their parents. The less obvious is the kid who internalizes it and takes responsibility for it themselves. And that can have all kinds of, um, that can look different in a lot of different children. 
depending upon their sensitivity to that, depending upon their vulnerability to that, depending upon the level of self-esteem they have, depending upon what age they are. A child at seven whose parents act out at a game may be really different than a child at 16 that sees their parents do that. So that's a hard question for me to give you this right. is what happens. You know, right. Different developmental stages are by nature going to create different kinds of crises for a kid under those circumstances. I really don't see kids fare well with that. No. <laughs> Let me put it that way. Right. I, I know, you, know, you bring up a really, yeah, a really good point. I mean, most of us think about, okay, well, that kid's going to act just like their parent. No, a lot of times they don't. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. They don't. So what you see on the outside is not always what's going on on the inside. I mean, I've had I've seen kids say, please don't come to my game, <laughs> which is pretty healthy, actually. I kind of like that in a way. Right. Man, that should be a wake up call to any parent whose child says, please don't come. That's you know, interesting. Would... You say that because I asked my daughter. I was an athlete. Um, mm-hmm. I liked having my parents there, but right. I remember there being some parents that got unruly. I didn't think I'd be unruly, but I did ask my daughter if, right. it, you know, would you like us to come or would you feel better if we weren't there? Uh-huh. And she I, actually, to my happiness, she Good. was uh, fine for us to be there. <laughs> That's great. I know you're a better parent than I. I never asked my daughter that. <laughs> Well, I don't ask her in every situation. It was right. just that one. So I'm not going to try know, to be an A-plus mom just because of that. I understand why parents get upset at a game, though, too. You know, we could have a whole different conversation. I don't want to take up your time with it. But, you know, it's if you're passionate and if someone did your kid wrong or whatever, you can easily, and if you're a bit competitive or you didn't know you were competitive till you got to the game, you know, you have to be really mindful of this stuff because you can get swept, swept into it if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. And I would recommend to parents, if they really feel they know it's not the right thing, but somehow something happens, sit in the car and watch the game from the car, stand in the hall at the basketball game, get yourself sort of watching it with one eye, get out of the game a little bit, and really try to remember what you're teaching your kids by the way you're reacting. Well, see, Not that just was about their ability, but about how we play on a team. And I, I really feel like some of the best lessons my daughter learned in athletics was about, you know, coming from behind, from things don't always work out fairly, but you got to keep going anyway. Those are great lessons. And it, it we can't fight every battle for them that way. Exactly. And you did. You touched on my second question. That was what I was going to ask. I mean, for mm-hmm. parents, for some parents, I mean, it's a it's a fiscal situation. I mean, they're thinking, OK, right. my kid, it's, it's not for those. Ride somewhere. Yeah, right. it's not for the life lesson necessarily, which is why no. my kids in there, all those things you just talked about. She's not going to play professional sports. That's not my right. kid. So that's right. not even on our radar. She's there right. to learn teamwork and all those lessons you mentioned. But for some, you get a you know, they're going to, they need that. They need that to get their kid through college or maybe their well, kid is so good. They're going to p- play professionally and they start thinking that way when they're five years old. And right. then all along, it's like this game is everything. And well, I don't know how be interesting is for parents to understand that that may actually not work to their children's advantage athletically. I mean, the, the pressure that that creates internally for, for kids is not good. And 
if that child begins to develop um, an attitude of disrespect for coaches and for referees and for other important authority figures in their life, that can also really work against a child getting their free ride to wherever they think they're going to go. So I, I just, again, I think if you really want to help your child get where they need to be, you need to get them all the life skills they need. When you go to the game, what you want to say is, what do I want to teach them today? What do I want them to learn from this? What are they going to learn today? Let me watch what they're going to learn today. Something like that, like reminding yourself. (laughs) Right. I want to thank all of my guests for this great conversation today. Um, Clark Donnelly, news director at Sunny 95 and also board member and one of the co-creators of Amber Alert here in Ohio. Elaine, our, well, we'll just call her our no bull mom because she is feisty. And I loved her perspective on all of this. And of course, Luann Lowenstein, psychotherapist with Lowenstein and Associates and also a social worker practicing psychotherapy. Some great stuff and good reminders for all of us parents. Save the date. All you moms out there, it's going to be Valentine's Day this year for Valentine's Day. Uh, If you don't have a Valentine or even if you do, ditch them because it's a girl's night out. It's a sip and shop event at Polaris Fashion Place. Just keep the date in mind. You've got something to do on February 13th. Polaris Fashion Place. We'll see you then. Have a great week. As always, check us out on Facebook. If you have something you would like us to address, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great week.